Just good morning again. Had to see you. Russ, are you having a good day? Are you okay? Not sure? Could be better? I felt led to lead uh, to to study a passage of scripture or to lead us there today from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll title it uh, Keeping Heart, Keeping the Right Attitude, Keeping Heart. Keep, you know, if you lose heart in something, right, what, what happens if you lose heart in something, your heart's not in it anymore, it falls flat, right? Your heart's got to be in what, whatever you do, or it's, it, it becomes a drag, right? It becomes a, a job. Uh, it's okay. Sometimes we get we don't always feel like we have it, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get there. I said some some time ago in one of the messages. Don't, don't worry about the first 15, 20 minutes of the day because you're still waking up. Hello. Yeah. It take a while to get warmed up, perked up, and so we get our get ourselves going. So similar. There's a lot of similarities to. Uh, in the natural, in the natural realm, they're just basically temporary. Natural things are temporary, right? Stuff that's deteriorating. You put a deck on your house 15, 20 years ago, you're probably having issues by now, like me. Boards start to deteriorate. Everything wants to go back to the ground, so to speak. Uh, we live in a fallen world. But we're not going to focus. God has not called us to, to a doom and gloom. Amen? God has not called us to live with, with, without his presence and his joy. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to steal not only your spiritual eternal life, but he'll try to mess with you even now. If he can steal your joy, he will. If he'll get you to think on the wrong things, he will do that, and he'll just begin to mess with you. Discouragement often comes uh, when we start to think about how we're going to do it all in our own strength, or we don't see the numbers, or we don't see the stuff that we want to see. Discouragement can come. And Paul had a ministry, but I'm sure that he was many times had to get himself in a place where he needed to get the joy of the Lord going in his heart and life again. Well, there would be days, I'm sure, that he felt like, what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Paul was an exceptional minister, but he also was human as, as, it, go, as it gets as well. We know that then they were locked in jail and Paul and Silas were, were locked up for preaching the gospel and about midnight, uh, someone got the idea, let's sing praises. What a great idea. Are you locked up? Are you in prison? Are you feeling down? Why don't we just start praying, singing the Lord? What happens when you start praising the Lord when you're down, right? Something begins to happen because you begin to focus on who he is and not what's going on in your life. But keeping the heart, keeping heart. Ministry is often much like farming. How many have farming backgrounds? One, two, three, four, somewhat. You never know when it's going to rain. You never know could 
the crop could be, you know, destroyed. You never know, you never know, you never know. Farmers have to have lots of faith. Farmers have to have a, a sense of, if I don't plant, I'm not going to get anything. The farmer can't say, well, I'll just say I'll sit back this year because, you know, last year it failed. Farmers can't do that. Jesus referred to scriptures throughout, much like farming. Once we put our hand to the plow, we keep going, we don't look back. For some of us, we need to keep looking forward today. We need not to look back so much. We can look back a little bit and say, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember. We have good memories, we have bad memories. But how many know that if we, we choose to only live in the past, you've always stopped living, right? If you choose just to think what it used to be, what I used, what I, in your youth or whatever it may be, the enemy will mess with you. I'm going to read this verse or two here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 because this is really some great verses from the, from the Word of God. Therefore, verse 1, therefore, since we have this ministry, this is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. As we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If we stop there just for a moment, what are we up against when it comes to the ministry? The ministry that God has called us to is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to shine the light, to live it, to have an attitude of it, to speak it, to encourage it. Not everyone will see right away. Not everyone's ready to buy in. Not everyone's ready, but some may be. Some may take that step. But here's what we're up against. The God, small letter, not capital G-O-D, but the God, there's a reference to Satan that God gave Satan permission, like when Job was in this, when the picture that Job was in, when he was suffering, when he had lost his family, lost his health, God gave Job permission to test him. And he asked Satan, where do you come from? Oh, I've just been roaming around the earth. Well, it just so happens, Satan, you have no business here. Did you know that the Lord has given you an authority over Satan? Did you know that the Lord has the authority over Satan? And for the believer, we need to understand, we don't have to bow down to the enemy. When discouragement comes, 
Often it is coming because of the enemy wanting to discourage you. And so when we're discouraged, we don't keep the joy, we don't have the fire, we don't have what we really ought to have to be effective, to keep the edge as believers. So he's trying to hinder us. Paul said in another place, that pray for us that the gospel, we can proclaim it, because there are many adversaries. I had a friend that was speaking in one of the ministerial meetings some time ago, and he happened to be of the, of the, of the Hmong nationality. He, had a church, he has a church. There are many Hmong brothers and sisters of the Lord that we have around the metropolitan area. And he said, somewhere he said in his message, Higher levels, bigger devils. Right? Higher levels, bigger devils. And so Satan doesn't want to give up his territory. But guess what? We have been given the authority in the name of Jesus. We don't have to be afraid. And so what we're proclaiming is that the light of Jesus shines bright when there is darkness. The light of Jesus comes to open the eyes of people that have been held captive until this veil is taken away. And in the other chapter previous to, the, to, to reading this chapter, there, there is a verse in chapter 15 of chapter 3, but to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart, but whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. In an interesting verse. Whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil was taken away. And so we read on in our text, back to chapter 4, verse 5. We do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus Christ. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. There's nothing that we can say, hey, we can do it. I can't convict men. I can't, I can't take sin away from man. Only Jesus can do that. So the real treasure is Jesus within ourselves, which is the earthly vessel. And earthly vessels can be broken and sometimes, as believers, God allows us to be broken so that we might know him even more. We are not exempt from affliction. We read on, verse 8, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Notice how he backs it up. He says one thing and then he says another. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not despairing. Ever been troubled lately? Trouble? What in the world is going on in the world? Somebody wrote a book and said, What in the world is going on? But not despairing. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 34. That many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them, delivers him out of them all. I want you to get that going in your spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, 
but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We are not exempt from affliction. We are not exempt from things happening. So this week I hauled an old vehicle to a fix-it shop, and stuff happens when you haul things to a fix-it shop. Well, it can happen. Everything went fine, hauled the truck, got it off, put the ramps up on the trailer, proceeded to turn around, Forgot to put one cotter pee in. Keep the ramp from falling down. And when I backed up Jack Knife to get around out of the yard, oop, and it hit a car. It's like, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm really in trouble. The first three seconds, I wanted to flee the scene. I just wanted to run. Nobody was around but God. Then I came to my senses. The right thing to do is call. By then, the mechanic showed up. And on the look of his face, he figured out what happened. Because it was a scratch that long and a dent. The car wasn't new, but still, the worst part about it was it was their customer's car. So now I'm feeling more guilty, more pressure. So point number one, my first point is, how, how do you keep the heart, how do you keep heart, how do you not lose heart when the pressure's on? Right? So do the right thing when the pressure's on. It's okay. We can make this happen, things happen, life happens. Most people will be fairly reasonably understanding if we're honest. So I just told them what happened. I, I apologized several times. And then I said, well, you need to talk to my dad because he's the owner. Okay, I'm going to stop by. I'll stop by. And on and on we went for more, more time. And it was, it was a, a sense of for a moment to start going the, the wrong way, beat yourself up. I started to think, well, how did that happen? Well, I know how it happened. I put the ramp up, and for some reason, I put the cotter key in my pocket, and I don't know why I did that. But then you got busy with other things, and you forgot what you were supposed to do. Have you ever forgot what you were doing? Hello? Have you ever forgot that you put something in the oven and, and it got too warm and got too, all of a sudden smoked? Have you ever? Oh, you've never done that. Some have done it? No? Okay, just trying to check you out here. Many of the fixes are right. I'm not, this is just small stuff, but this stuff can get you down. This stuff can start to gnaw on your thinking. The enemy says, oh, now look what you've done. He's the accuser of the brethren. But if we will go the way of Jesus, if we will humble ourselves, and we'll say, you know what, I, I, I messed up. I apologize. 
I'll do what to make it right. We'll take, we'll get my insurance. We'll, we'll take care of it. So the, the owner of the business says, we'll call the, we'll call the owner. Oh boy, here we go. Here calls the owner. And he's, he, I, heard, I heard him saying, well, I can still drive it, can I? Oh, oh, he's, maybe this is, maybe it's not going to be so bad. You know, you better get it. You better get his, you know, you don't let him leave your sight. We can start to think the worst, right? And on and on it can go. Paul is identified with Jesus when he spoke to the Philippians. And he said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. If there's anyone that knows or understands pain or affliction, it is our Lord himself. And it does me good to remind myself from time to time what he has went through for me. Isaiah 53, 4, Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He understands the pain of being rejected. He understands the pain of people not believing and not understanding. He knows the pain of false accusation. He knows the pain of abandonment. He knows what it's like when the pressure is on. And yet he gave his life willingly so that you and I would know the joy and have eternal life. And so whatever happens in this world, whatever happens in this life, it's still not going to it can't take away my Jesus. It can't, you, you can't, only if you let him. Only Satan could take away that joy if you let him. We've got to learn to stand our ground. We've got to learn to say, enough is enough. In the name of Jesus. I am a child of God. I have been bought with a price. I'm not my own. I belong to the king. I belong to him. I cannot do this on my own strength. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Maybe you're in a situation, you say, Lord, I need your help. Help me get, help me get out of this one. <laughs> help me to get where I need to go. It's okay. Paul was being very forward, being very vulnerable. He's speaking his heart. I read on verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken. The church of Jesus Christ has always been persecuted, but we're not alone. We're not called to go through this ministry alone. We're called to serve together. We're struck down but not destroyed. There may be a blow to our to our body, there may be an injury, there may be a, 
a setback. There may be something that comes along we never planned on. We may never uh, even understand the things that are happening. But when the pressure is on, we can still have heart because the Word of God is telling us He is with you. He is helping you. Verse 10, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. In other words, he's saying, when I am weak, then he is strong. He says that in another place. When he prayed three times for an affliction to leave him. The Lord says, my grace is sufficient. (laughs) In your weakness, you're going to depend on me. You're going to be stronger. And so we have weaknesses. We have moments when we say, well, I don't know how I can do what God calls me. I I don't have it. I don't have what I need. We We can make excuses. Moses tried that, didn't he? I can't talk, God. I can't. I. I can't. I don't. Have, I don't know how to talk. Get Aaron. All right. Moses, I've called you. We, we dealt with him a little bit last week. Get your own straw. Remember. It was bad enough. And so getting to the next season. When we were young, we maybe thought we had it all figured out. Right? This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what, you know, but now we're not so sure. Life sets in. Listen, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We can plan as okay, but we still say, Lord, if you help us. Or we say, as James says, if the Lord's willing, we'll do this or that. If the Lord has his hand on us, then we will, Paul often said that in his letters, if the Lord permits me, then I, go, I will go so and so and speak. If the Lord enables us. And so what, what is he? He's living with this hope, a sense that he's not in control. God is in control. And all of a sudden, things begin to switch. Because now the pressure is not on me anymore. The pressure belongs to the Lord. Transferred over to the Lord. The Lord is the great burden bearer. He is the great shepherd. And he is the one who said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke, learn from me. In James chapter 4, verse 7, we read, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. You're having a bad day, you're having some bad, uh, you're going down the tubes in your thoughts. We've got to get a hold of the promises of God. We've got to get ourselves thinking on the right track. Submit therefore to God. What James is saying, humble yourself. Resist the devil. What does resisting the devil look like? It's going to God. Satan can't touch you because you have God's armor. Even when Jesus was tempted by the devil in chapter 4 of the Gospel 
of Mark chapter 4 is such an amazing story how the, we read it as the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is in chapter 4 of Matthew, verse 1. And after he had fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And you know the story. Every time Jesus comes back with the word of the Lord, it says, We shall not live. It is written, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The devil took him and wasn't going to give up. And the next temptation, he takes him to a high place and the holy city stands on a pinnacle and says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will give his angels charge concern. So the devil uses the word of God to try to tempt Jesus. Devil, do you know who you are messing with? This is the word of God. Jesus is the word. And John's got the one one. In the beginning was the word, word was with God. It's God. But Satan has to still have to try. Because Satan wants to be like God, or he wants to be God. Can we be like Jesus? With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can. Another, another example, verse 8. Again, the devil took him on a very high mouth, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and said to him, all these things I will give you. Wait a minute. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's already God's. You think that the Lord's going to buy into that? But Satan had to try. If you will fall down and worship me, it's not going to happen. And then Jesus said to him, be gone. Be gone! It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered. Then the devil left him. Then the devil left him. Be gone. Get behind me, Satan. I'm a child of the king. I must, when I'm under pressure, get myself to where I need to be. I must keep the faith. The second point was a spirit of faith, even though verse 13, we read about it, having the same spirit. Back to the text, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. But having the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we, all, we also we speak. We have the spirit of faith. We have the spirit of God. We have the spirit of the Lord. Old Testament saints would have the spirit of God come upon them, right? Samson was one of those guys that had the call to be a prophet of God. The spirit of God would come upon him and he could do extraordinary things like tearing up the gates, it weighed thousands of pounds and carried off for miles. That's extraordinary strength. That's supernatural. But the Spirit of God is in the supernatural. The Spirit of God is supernatural. 
To save us is supernatural. To be saved is a supernatural experience. I cannot save myself, but I'm coming to you, Lord, who can save me. Because you took my place. And you became sin. You knew no sin. And your word says, if I will believe on you, I will be saved. If I will put my, open my heart to you and receive you, you'll come into my heart. If I'll open the door that you're standing, you're knocking on today. A lot of people are, are wondering what's going to happen after I die. What's going to happen? We can know what's going to happen after we die when we accept Jesus Christ because he's turned. This life is so short in comparison to all eternity. Which leads to the third point, keeping an eternal perspective. Verses 16 through 18 of the text, 2 Corinthians 4, therefore do not lose heart. There it is again. The second time that he says it in the chapter, in the chapter, verse 1, he said, do not lose heart. Verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. How many know that this body isn't what it used to be? And our energy level may not be what it used to be. But now some of you are just getting to your prime. But here's what it's saying. Our outer man is decaying. Our, we can't be young forever. But guess what? In the Lord, we're going to live forever. We're going to be in heaven with him forever and ever. Yet our inner man is being renewed. How can we say, how can Paul say what he's saying? Our outer man is shrinking. Our outer man is slowing down. But my inner man is getting stronger. It's being renewed day by day. That's an eternal perspective. Verse 17, for momentary, I love that word, momentary. How can he say it's momentary when you've been suffering for weeks, months, or maybe years with some kind of affliction? Momentary, because all eternity is forever and forever and forever is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look at the things which are seen, we see the things that we can see. We, see. we see physical things, but the things that we do not see are eternal. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, the things which God has prepared for those who We used to sing a song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Remember that one? Just a few more weary days. Right? How should we live our life then? with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's another hymn. Joy unspeakable. 
Paul was caught up at a time when he was, we assume probably that it was a time where he was actually stoned with stones and, you know, his, early in his ministry, and he said he was caught up in the third heaven. In other words, where the Lord dwells. And he heard words that he couldn't express what he heard. Inexpressible. Could we get a little excited today? Just a little? Come on! Let's all get on the same bus. Let's follow the Lord who is taking us where he wants us to be for him, with him forever and forever. Do you know that you are a child of the king when you accept Christ? In 1 Peter chapter 1, we find a passage of scripture. Chapter 1 of 1 Peter, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance. Wait a minute. Inheritance? which is imperishable. What are we inheriting? The undefiled will not fade away, reserved. Well, that has, that's, that's for so-and-so. This is this place right over here. I'm, I'm, this is the God in heaven. Jesus said, I will go and build a place for you. I will make a place for you that where I am, you may be also that that place is, is, is what God is doing. That's your reservation. That's your, that, that your, that your inheritance. Protect, who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed. And listen, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, is telling that you have more, you, have, you are richer than you could ever imagine. You can't even think big enough. You can't even, I have not seen you, you, you. This is beyond what earth has for us. At the same time he's talking about heaven, he switches it on to what? We are in this place right now for a little while. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. We have heaven perspective. At the same time we have earthly Dwelling, if necessary, you have, wait a minute, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. You mean, God, it's necessary for me to have trials? Oh, I see. Because when I'm having times of distress, proves all the more that heaven's a great place. But he doesn't want you to give up. Even though you have trials and tri tribulation, 
We read on, the proof of your faith, the proof of your faith. Your faith is being tested. When we're on the earth, our faith will be tested by fire so that only the good stuff comes out. So that when the ramp falls over in the car, we can say, oh boy, I'm bad. I did it. Sorry, a paper, whatever it takes. You don't let it destroy you. What are the things that are bothering the most right now? What are the things that occupy our thinking? Right? So much of it is temporary. Let's keep an eternal perspective. As we read on, we finish it out. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, this is back First Peter 1. Though you, you do not see him now. I, I, I can't see God, but I believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. You have Jesus, you're the richest person. Because his riches beyond imagination. Beyond, it will be worth it all. The devil will try to tell you that God is not real, God is not for you. He'll tell you so many ways that you're not good enough, that you're never going to be good enough, that you're only just, you know, fooling yourself, and he'll go on and on and on. Wait a minute. It is written. I'm not my own. I have been bought with a price. 